the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site covering the Arizona Cardinals. It's episode 471, and it is our second preview show of the week um, covering the Cardinals and Bengals. Uh, we had our, our Seth, and my, Seth Cox and I did our, our, our perspective preview already, and in this episode, we have a special guest from a uh, former NFL player. Um, Solomon Wilcott, Solomon Wilcott comes from us, comes to us via the, the Believe in Bengals um, the podcast on Believe. He's one of the hosts there, former Bengals de- defensive back, also an Emmy Award winning broadcaster, writer, and al- uh, analyst, also a host on Sirius XM. Solomon, that's a lot on your plate. How's it been? Uh, it, you can tell it's been busy, yes, so, <laughs> but it's okay. Glad to join you today. Well, I appreciate Appreciate the time. So we've got the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town here in Arizona on sun- on Sunday. Um, two teams that have the same record at one and three. On paper, you you'd kind of see two even teams. But if you watch, if you if if you didn't know who the two teams were, if you hadn't known where the Bengals have been the cast past couple of years, you'd look at this game just the way the football has been played for the first four games, and you'd wonder. You'd wonder about this game. What what has been happening with the Bengals so far this season? A team that enters the year with big expectations. Well, absolutely, Jess. I mean, look, this is a team that uh, played and finished each of their last two seasons having played in an AFC Championship game, having played in a Super Bowl. Um, and now you come back and you begin the first quarter of the season, you're 1-3. Uh, it's not hard, though, to find the answers. Many of those answers can be found with an early injury, literally within the first week of training camp, uh, when Joe Burrow uh, pulled up lame with an injured calf. Many of us believe that maybe he had been having some problems with that calf um, even before the injury occurred because he had a wrap on it. Uh, But nonetheless, it's bothered him, it's hampered him, it's kept him from being really mobile in the pocket. He's not given enough credit for being a very athletic quarterback within the pocket. He obviously has tremendous... um, uh, uh, awareness in terms of getting rid of the ball, the progression. And so the offense has been like one thing that's kind of crescendoed, like snowballed on them, and now they're one of the lowest scoring offenses in the NFL. It's it's particularly bad on the road. Uh, in two road games, they've got six total points. They're averaging, uh, let me see, pull up the numbers. They're averaging about 176 yards a game. Uh, Burrow's averaging, like his his completion percentage, around 57%. He's not pushing yeah. the ball down the field. He's, he, what is it, 4.8 yards per attempt per pass. And that's that doesn't cut it in the NFL this year. How, like... It's hard to to, to kind of gauge the like how much the injury bothers him, like when he doesn't show up on the injury report. So, uh, has there been any talk? And I, I know he said, like going into that Rams game, that there's there's also a danger of starting zero and three when there was kind of the talk of maybe him sitting down. Has there been any discussion about whether he should take a week or two off? Those discussions are have been had. Um, can't tell you what those discussions in the building are, but certainly I I think what we have to do is parse it this way, is that um, there are a lot of players 
on every single team, including the Cardinals, the Eagles. It's where every week they're having discussions. Should this guy play? Should this guy not play? You and I both know when it's the quarterback, it's it just means more, right? Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, these conversations are being had every single week uh, about several players on the roster every single week. Should we play them? Should we rest them? Should we, uh, maybe we can get by a week or two without them. Let's let them get healthy. But when it's the quarterback and when you start to allocate upwards of $50 million a year to that player, you can even talk to the quarterbacks around this league. They will tell you they feel obligated right. to play because they tell you that their best ability is their availability. So it starts right there. That's the floor. It's, you just got to show up, right? Yes. <laughs> and well, then secondly, now you got to show up and play well. That, that We ran into that last year with Kyler Murray. Had the, he tweaked that hamstring, and, and you know, there is a little bit. Like, he came back fairly quickly. He did end up missing a game. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me that having come back from the hamstring, if that didn't, in fact, impact his ACL injury that happened basically after he came back from that, just the way he was running and things like that. And so it's always, it's all, and, and then you go and you see something, you see it with Kevin Durant, you saw it with Aaron Rodgers, there's a calf injury that lingers, and then is there any worry that that calf injury could turn into something worse? Well, that's certainly on the table. I don't think you can rule that out. You know, we, you know, I myself have had a, a torn Achilles tendon. Prior to that, I had uh, problems with the calf muscle and soreness in that calf muscle. And so our bodies are very smart. They talk to us. They usually tell us something wrong when we have this thing called pain. <laughs> but, but we as a society, we become very good at masking pain yeah. and not really, not really hearing the message. And so, but Joe Burrow has been very clear. He's been very, um, I think, transparent as one can be. He, he did say the calf was bothering him. He did say that, yeah, it is top of mind when he's out there playing. How could it not be? I mean, he's he's given, I think, everyone everything they need to know just to understand that it's not something that's used as an excuse. It's it's a real-life thing because yeah. uh, when, you know, when players play hurt, they're limited. Just how much they're limited, that's where things can vary. Uh, aside from the Burrow situation, what – what is it that, that Cincinnati has, has done well on both sides of the ball? What have been their struggles? They haven't done much on the offensive side of the ball that, uh, that's been really well. Uh, again, on paper, it shows they're averaging about 12 points per game, second worst in the NFL. But remember, they had a Charlie Jones punt return for a touchdown. If you take that off the table, the offense is actually averaging 10 points a game, mm. which would be the worst of any offense in the NFL. Um, Jamar Chase, who is, we all know, he's a pro bowl and an all-pro caliber wide receiver, one of the best. He's yet to score a touchdown in the first four games of the season. Um, Joe Burrow has not even thrown for a touchdown pass or run for a touchdown in three of the four games so far this year. So there's a lot of things wrong. But the one thing that I think you could point to is that Joe Mixon has been really good uh, in all areas. Um, this offseason, it was uh, much talked about. He could be moving on. He took a pay cut. But it, at the same time, he needed to improve on his pass protection. And I'm going to tell you right now, he has stepped up. He went from maybe about a C level to an A-plus pass protecting running back. Everything else now, he can do very well. And I think if you were to talk, 
the coaches around this league, they would tell you he, he checks all the boxes as probably one of the top five running backs when it comes to running it, catching it, and now you can go ahead and add pass protected to that. So he's, he's doing his part. Now we got to get everyone else to join in. Looking at the defense, um, they've had their defense has given up some points recently. Um, on, on the road, they gave up 27 points in each game to the Ravens and to to the Titans. And particularly on the road, the the run game has given them trouble. Um, where where have the struggles been, and what do they do well? Well, let, let's be so very clear. Those two games were a guy by the name of Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. <laughs> okay, so is that... This is not like some arbitrary, we can't stop the run thing. Nick Chubb is a dude. He is. You know, this he is prior is. to his injury. This was the opening game. And, and arguably one of the best offensive line coaches um, in the NFL, and, and Coach Bill Callahan, who's coaching that offensive line in Cleveland. Listen, uh, it was hot in Nashville last week. That's no excuse. But let's face it, Derrick Henry was held to 20 yards rushing the week before. They came out and they had a concerted effort. And early in the game, the Bengals' defense did a really good job against Derrick Henry. Again, it was upwards of 80, close to 89 degrees there, and the offense just could not sustain first downs. They were going three and out consecutively. As you well know, any defense against the Titans and that heavyweight offensive line and that running game, if your offense can't play complementary football and they just throw you to the wolves like that sooner or later, you're going to bend, and then you're going to break, and that's what happened. Coming up next on the Rise Up Series podcast, best of Cardinals talk. Let's move on to specific matchups, uh, what what the Bengals are going to want to do against Arizona. That's coming up next on Rise Up Series. They're back on the Rise of Sea podcast, best of Cardinals Talk on the Web with Solomon Wilcots, uh, one of the hosts of the Believe in Bengals podcast, a number of other things, former Bengals defensive back back in the day. Um, Solomon, we, we look at this game. Where do you see the – what does what has to change, obviously, against a Cardinals team that has been – obviously, you look at the score they've lost. They, they lost two close games. They were overwhelmed last week against the San Francisco 49ers and Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I assume that you're looking at Joe Mixon first when you see what Tony Pollard did two weeks ago, what you said what Christian McCaffrey did last week. Does the offense have to go through – Mixon this week, or do they need more than just him? Oh, they need more than just him. Um, it does have to go through Mixon to a certain degree um, because he needs to be efficient and effective. Right about 4.2 yards per carry, I think that'll be good enough. Um, but more importantly, uh, that should help with your protection. It should help keep a defense off balance. you got to be able to protect protect Joe. Right now, Cincinnati Bengals have the highest percentage of plays run out of shotgun as opposed to quarterback under center. Now, partly due to the fact that he's got the calf injury, but when you put um, your quarterback in shotgun, you're not, you don't have a heavyweight run game. You're not, you don't have any subterfuge in terms of ball handling, play action pass. So it's just straight drop back pass, which makes it harder for the guys up front. And that's what happened last week when uh, the offensive line was overwhelmed. Uh, Joe was hit early and often. Um, and then the passing game just disintegrated. More importantly, um, he's trying to get rid of it quick because the protection hasn't been there. 
Um, and the Bengals need more guys to get open than just Jamar Chase. T. Higgins has to become more consistent, not just getting open but catching it. Same with um, uh, Tyler Boyd. And these, these three guys are as good as you're probably going to find for one wide receiving core. However, they have not been as good as they have been in the past, at least for the first four weeks of the season. And Higgins misses practice the first two weeks. He's got that rib injury. What do you know? What the outlook for him is this week? I, I, I know he said. I think it was Monday, Sunday or Monday. It was a man. It was about managing pain. So far through two days of practice, he hasn't been able to get any reps in. Yeah, he says he's going to play. Okay, he he says he's going to play. And listen, these guys have played a lot of games over the last couple of years. When you go to a 17 regular season, um, season, then you go deep into the playoffs, a Super Bowl, and then an AFC championship game. So no, there's no doubt that their head coach, Zach Taylor, trusts his veteran players. Um, he's given them a lot of rest when, when warranted. So T. Higgins says he's going to play. Look, i, I got to believe uh, he'll be active. got to believe he'll play. They have some other receivers that they can turn to. Trenton Irwin was a guy that, when uh, Jamar Chase was hurt for a stretch of four games last year, he came in to Higgins, really became a number one receiver. Um, and everyone else, I mean, the production never dipped at all. They're just trying to get to some semblance of consistency um, and just trying to make sure that they can convert a third down into a first down, a red zone possession into a, into a score, and see if they could be productive on offense, as you stated, on the road where they've only scored three points in each of their two road games so far this season. Individual matchups that you're looking at, I, 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 I look at the edge production. The Cardinals have had Dennis Gardeck get four sacks in four games. He's been incredibly productive for, for the amount of playing time he's getting. Uh, Victor Demikeji has two and a half sacks uh, through four games. Uh, what, is the, what is the protection looking like off the edge so far this season? Not good. And that's not because the left tackle, Orlando Brown Jr., isn't good. In fact, he's great. It's not because Jonah Williams at the right tackle position isn't good, who struggled some, but he'll be fine. What's happening is they were getting overwhelmed. What that means, what a blitz means is that we're going to send more than you can block. Most offensive lines are going to struggle when you send – Seven guys and they have six guys blocking. Or seven and they have five offensive linemen blocking. No help from tight ends. No help from the running back chipping, so forth and so on. What people have been doing is just we're going to run blitz you and blitz the quarterback at the same time. So you can send more than they can block at the line of scrimmage, even if you know they're going to run it. And if, even if they check out of the run once they see it's a, it's a blitz, and they try to throw it. Now you got to throw quick. And if you're not getting open quickly, Joe's got to either throw it away, which he has been really good at. That's why the completion percentage is only 57%. He doesn't care what those numbers look like. He cares about surviving and yeah, living yeah. and not getting hit. So it's been a snowball of a thing where teams are blitzing the run, they're blitzing the pass, they're overwhelming the protection. Joe can't escape like he used to. He's hampered by that calf injury. And running into a blitz is not a good thing. Throwing versus the blitz isn't a good thing until you start to complete some of those passes. And you got to hurt people when they blitz you. 
Something, oh, by the way, Joe Burrow has been the number one rated quarterback over the last two years against the Blitz. This year he's one of the lowest rated quarterbacks against the Blitz. The cornerbacks for Cincinnati, Cam Taylor-Britt coming back from a concussion. He looks like he's on track, but Chidobe Awuzie popped up on the injury report on on Thursday, on Wednesday. Um, what is that? Yeah, Thursday. <laughs> it showed up on the on the injury report today. And mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson had a breakout game last week. He he is doing really well so far early in the season. How does that how does that receiver match up on the outside against those two guys um, match up with Awuzie and Taylor Britt? I would say it's interesting. It's it's a fifty fifty thing. Now Awuzie is an accomplished um, cornerback. In twenty twenty one, he was PFF's highest graded corner in the National Football League. So this guy's a player. Uh, he just has to be healthy. When healthy, he's coming off an ACL injury a year ago, and uh, but he's for the most part been really good. Cam Taylor-Britt is a phenomenal young player who's growing into his own. There are some teams starting to challenge him. He makes his share of plays, uh, but also he's given up a couple. But I would tell you, I'd put my money on Cam Taylor-Britt. He's a physical corner that plays like a safety, but he has the athleticism of, of a corner. A guy who played quarterback, by the way, uh, at, in high school when he was growing up. And this guy was one of the best defensive backs coming out in the 2022 draft coming out of out of Nebraska. So, and remember, DJ Turner, this year's second round pick, he rotates. You're going to see a lot of him back there. This guy's phenomenal. He's a competitor. He can compete and uh, ran the fastest 40 time at the combine, but he's not some track guy trying to play football. He's a football guy who happens to have track speed. So, um, you're going to enjoy watching him. I, I'm going to give the Bengals the edge in this one. But look, if if they've got if the defense has to stay on the field, much like what you saw uh, against Cleveland and against Tennessee, uh, it could be a long day. Any particular other matchups where you think that Cincinnati has the edge uh, right now? Obviously, if you're looking at the quarterbacks on paper, Joe Burrow head and shoulders above what Joshua Dobbs is has done in his career. Although Dobbs has been very efficient, uh, very safe with the football so far this year. Uh, anywhere else where the matchups line up where you think Cincinnati has a clear advantage? If we can, if you can force uh, the Cardinals into uh, known passing situations, the pass rush of Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, uh, Miles, uh, I'm telling you, these guys, these guys can get after it. I'm telling you right now, they have a real good rotation in terms of their defensive line. And you saw that, I think, in the Monday night game against the Rams uh, where they really did get after Matthew Stafford. I do believe the Cardinals have got to lean into that run game. Uh, right now, James Conner is, what, the third leading rusher in the National he Football is. League? He is. Right now, the Cincinnati Bengals have given up about 157 rush yards per game. Now, a lot of that damage was done, as we said, in two of those games when it came to Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. However, those numbers tell you exactly what it is. If you get a light box, you can run on them. And so I'm expecting the Cardinals to lean into the run game. Uh, the Cardinals right now are running the highest percentage of play-action pass of any offense in the NFL, and that's because they're running it so well with James Conner. And James Conner, like, he's definitely not Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry, but he does offer, he does cause some of the same problems in terms of his physicality and the way that he runs. He does not, he's, he's definitely not at the same level as Nick Chubb or Derek Henry, but 
he's he's a very very good back, um, but but is as I, physical I as any of those. I will tell you this: everybody in Cincinnati knows who James Scott <laughs> oh, is. Oh, right? his years in Pittsburgh okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, there's no doubt, and and Tyler Boyd and he are really close, having played at Pitt together. Um, he's a guy that is well respected around this league as a as a tried and true NFL veteran guy. That if you uh, don't bring your lunch, uh, he'll he'll tear you up. So no, Cincinnati Bengals are not going to overlook one James Conn. Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast, the best of Cardinals talk a little. Let's move on and talk about picks, predictions, what we think is going to happen in this game on Sunday. That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise Up to Your Red podcast, best hour of Cardinals talk on the web, talking still to Solomon Wilcott um, about the Cincinnati Bengals matchup with the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Uh, what do you think happens this weekend? Um, do you see this as a get-well game for, for the Bengals? H- how do you see it going? I, you know, the way the Cardinals have played at home, they've scored 28 points in each of their games. You could argue they should be 3-1. Um, they, they, they could have won in, against Washington. They should have beaten the, the Giants. They choked that away in the second halves. They handled the, the Dallas Cowboys in week three. They were overmatched completely to the San Francisco. They had no answer for, for Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, or Brock Purdy. And they just did not have the horses on offense to keep up with them. What do you see happening this weekend with, with the Bengals and the Cardinals? A place that, that you know, I, was, I just went over the history Bengals have literally never beaten the Cardinals on the road in their entire history. I know, right? It's just you know, um, it's only four games. I, I love when I love <laughs> I love when those I love when those stats come out because that's when you know you know somebody's due, right? You it's know? only four games. Like, they, they've they've played twelve like, times since nineteen seventy three. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like never giving up a twenty eight point lead, you know, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> and then the Cardinals. <laughs> Give up the twenty-point lead. Yeah. It's like we never done that. Oh, well, now you have, right? <laughs> it's, it, listen, that's our game. These games come down to just a few moments, and if you don't know how to close out games, if you don't know how to really dig deep, uh, these games can get away from you. Whether it's in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, or maybe in the final minutes, it just gets away from you. If you, the, the ability to focus, the ability to really hone in on what like the, the, the Cardinals were honed in against the Dallas Cowboys, the team they'd beaten seven times in a row. Now, I remember I grew up at a time when the Cardinals were in the same division with the oh. Cowboys. It couldn't beat them at all. Yep. <laughs> no. But, but, but it's about showing up on that given day. That's what we love about the NFL. It's not a series, right? It's one day, four quarters. It's going to be decided today. No excuses. I don't care who's hurt, who's not playing, how you feel. Um, some, we're going to punch each other in the mouth, and we'll see who blinks. So uh, I, I think the Bengals are, are tested going on the road. I, I think with Joe Burrow less than 100%, it brings their margin for error down way below what they're used to operating with. Now, they're learning to operate in this environment, but as you can see, there have been some growing pains. That's why they're one and three. And it, and it, and it makes for a good recipe for a Cardinals team that's playing with a quarterback that wasn't even in training camp with him. And so Joshua Dobbs, uh, kudos to him. We've always liked him. He's a smart guy. The guy's talented. He's got one of the top completion percentages, I think third best in the NFL right now, 70% completion ratio. And they're working the run game. They're working the play action pass. He's being very efficient because he's yet to throw an interception in four games. 
And let me tell you, he's played against two really good defenses, for sure, when it comes to the 49ers, and probably the best defense in the league at taking the ball away in the Dallas Cowboys. How do you see it? Do you have a game prediction for this? I, 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 I've granted, I cover the Cardinals. I, I grew up a Cardinals fan, so I've been watching the Cardinals since 1991. 1989, 1980, 1990, that does time of year. But, you know, if the Cardinals are able to play the same brand of football that they've been playing for four games, I like them to pull this. I don't think it'll be a pretty game, but I think it'll be a it'll be an ugly, kind of low-scoring 23-17 type affair. I could see the Cardinals. When I could see the Cardinals losing this one, but I, when I when I put it on paper for Sports Weekly, I had the Cardinals coming away with a 23-17 win, leaning on the run game, believing that James Conner will offer some of the same problems um, for the Cincinnati defense, and. Cardinals aren't giving up big plays for the most part in the passing game. And so they'll be able to keep Cincinnati going with the short pass, which will eventually cause them problems. How do you have a prediction for this game? Well, I'll tell you this. I can predict this. You have not played against a quarterback as good as Joe Burrow all season long. Nope. Just have it. Just have it. Okay. Listen, Dallas quarterbacks limited, but good. 49ers quarterbacks limited, but good, and surrounded by a really good team. It's You're now getting ready to start facing teams with a quarterback. They're, they're used to being the guy, and they know they're the guy. It's all about be, you know being healthy and getting it going. And he's surrounded by a bunch of really premium, talented players at the skill position. Now, if the protection can hold up, then you'll see that offense come alive. The Bengals' offense is going to come alive one of these weeks. We don't know where it's going to happen. It could be this week in the desert. It could be weeks from now, right, when all is lost. But when it comes alive, it's going to come alive, and it's going to be the offense that we've seen over the last couple of years averaging close to 30 points a game. Whether it happens this week, we don't know. But I believe that that's the offense that they're capable of being and when they're at their best, and I don't see any reason. Um, why they can't go to Arizona and be at their best. They're not playing against the 85 Chicago Bears. Nope. They're not even playing against the 70 Steelers defense. Nope. So that, that's what I'm going to give. They, they gave up 31 points in the second half to, to, New, to, to New York, who's looked terrible for all the other, for the, all the other halves this year. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. That is Solomon Wilcots from the Believe Network of the Believe in uh, Bengals podcast. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Solomon's Wisdom. You can also take a look at the Believe Network uh, handle on Twitter. Or I guess it's technically now X, um, B-L-E-A-V Network. Um, and catch him on, on Sirius XM Radio as well. Solomon, I really thank you for your time. Appreciate this so much. We will be back again next week. Uh, Seth and I will be talking about the, well, how it goes. Which way does it go in this okay. game? Bengals, Cardinals this Sunday. Thanks for listening as always. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up, Red Sea, 
Be Red, See Red, and of course, Rise Up, See Red. Rise up, see red.